okay. So yeah, just to begin, if both of you want to introduce yourselves and then we can go into the question. Yeah, um, my name is Adenka. Uh, I'm one of the organizers in uh, for African Inspiration. So yeah. Um, my name is Comrade Adebayo. I'm the organizers and founders of Movement for African Emancipation. Great, thank you so much. And if both of you want to kind of explain a little bit more about what the movement for African emancipation is, how it got founded, um, kind of the, you know, the location and the, the theoretical orientation of the group. Um, and then, yeah, just so more background on the MAE. Okay. Uh, well, basically we are a Pan-African socialist organization. And, uh, you know, we formed because uh, we noticed that there's been a, a lack of leadership in the left to have a get themselves uh, familiarized with how the systems is designed to work against the uh, liberation and uh, to get them to understand the inner workings of the imperialist, uh, um, uh, you know, influenced government all over Africa. You know, to work towards the liberation. So our task basically is to uh, work with, work in uh, bigger organizations that are already uh, existing. Because uh, for us in ME, we were still uh, just a little over two years old, and uh, when we came to you know work with other organizations that are bigger and uh, see how we can uh, influence that space to. Uh, direct the focus towards you know, accelerating uh, the need for a revolution or some kind of change in the way people are being uh, covered. Yeah, I don't know if I'm coming by almost to add a few things. Um, in, in addition to what Comrade Zinga has said, um, we are what's called a Pan-African Socialist Revolutionary Organization, and we are actually based, you know, in trying to build a leadership, you know, of of the political space in in Africa and Nigeria generally. We realize that you know there have been lack of ideological um, consciousness within the African masses because due to the way you know colonialism structures are able to affect the people both mentally and physically. And you know, with the kind of educational system that we have, you know, it has not able to emancipate people from the mental slavery they've been through, you know, even up to my own generation. So we as an organization, you know, we want to come in and you know help develop people in able to understand, you know, the contradiction of imperialism, the contradiction of capitalism, because without cardias, there cannot be revolution. And you know, we don't want candidates who are, you know, um reactionary. You know, we have to build, build that um space whereby people could be able to understand the system we're up against, why Africa is underdeveloped and things like that. So in our own space, you know, like Inka has said, you know, we are just a new organization um um for just two years. And we are practically, you know, working in bigger organization mass movements you know to able to bring in that concept of political education you know historical understanding you know um class understanding you know things like that yeah thank you so much that, that was a great answer and i'm kind of curious like how you approach educating young members of the organization and and training cadres as you were saying um you know what what text, what information do you help with this education? Because as you said, you know, the first step is kind of overcoming um, the mental propaganda that's been put into people's minds about, you know, colonialism and, and capitalism. So what's the kind of like educational approach that the, the organization uses to train uh, young Africans to kind of view colonialism differently, to view the struggle differently, to be inclined towards socialism and understand um, the problems that really affect Africa today. Yeah, um, um, you know, 
the, the present situation that we have in Africa right now is just that, you know, a lot of Africans are suffering from neocolonialism and majority of them are being blindfolded by, you know, Western propaganda, capitalist propaganda, imperialist propaganda. So they don't really know the right education that is meant to develop Africa. So we, you know, as, as an organization, you know, we've been privileged you know, enough to open ourselves to tourists, you know, tourists for Marx, for Marxists, you know, Leninists and people like that. And we also have, you know, socialists, um, ideologists like Kwame Nkrumah, you know, we have people that understand the context of what is happening in Africa generally. So, you know, a lot of people in Africa don't really understand that context because if you go into our schools, you know, our universities, you know, you see the kind of education, you know, put to them. So those kind of education don't really liberate them in, 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 in the sense we want to develop Africa. So, you know, ours is to come in, you know, to educate the people. Because if you check majority of our platforms, you know, the kind of books we share, the kind of theories we share, you don't find them in schools because we are up against the system. And those who are running the affairs of our country does not want the kind of narrative we will send. So we are trying to create, you know, that educational space whereby, you know, able to educate people basically about the system that they lived in. You know, the system is up against them. And like you said, you know, in Africa, we understand the effect of colonialism, we understand the influence of class. And one thing people really understand that, you know, the economic um, effects is what I've brought up to where it is today because if there is no expansion of capitalism Africa won't be where it is today so a lot of people have to understand that you know capitalism grew, grew out of the western world and you know it grew to the extent that to the detriment of the African people and the African people don't understand that you know African people are, you know have been carried away with the social contradiction that is happening on a daily basis. You know, if you, if you, right now, you know, in, let me say in Nigeria, Nigeria generally, you know, we are facing an hyperinflation where people are struggling to live. So people who are actually chasing their daily bread, you know, actually trying to survive. They are not given that privilege, you know, to able to see the system, you know, the way it has been modified, you know, to go against them. You know, so you understand that people go to work from nine to five and when they get on their way getting back home, they spent, you know, hours on the road in traffic. And when they get back home, they feel exhausted. And also part of, you know, colonial, colonial um, psychological effect, which is religion. You know, in Africa, people are highly, highly, highly religious. So it's the weekend set aside for them to, to rest. You know, they make it, um, um, uh, um, um, a, a, a weekly routine to go to churches and things like that. And even now it's our churches, they are big houses of propagandas because they don't actually preach the freedom. They only preach you know, the subjugation of religion in your, in your brain. So we as an organization, we understand the effect that, you know, for Africa to grow, people need to understand the, the system. People need to understand that the system is engaged them. People need to understand that we have a long way to go. And we, the, uh, the number one thing is for people to educate, to educate themselves. Because when you get the right education, then you know that you're not a slave anymore. You are not fit to be a slave. And you only lose for solutions, you know, to better off yourself, to better off your society, and to better your continent and your country. Um, if you permit me to quickly add to what uh, Adam I just said, uh, you asked if you know how we you know intend to uh, uh, carry out the political education we do in our organization. Uh, so one of the ways we do that is uh, try to because currently in Nigeria uh, students are not allowed to form unions. You know, to combat the oppressive uh, measures that have been made out to them in schools, like, uh, you know, freedom to associate, you know, to demand for better uh, classrooms, better um, laboratories to experiment, and you know, better um, uh, you know, conditions, you know, for students who are living in hostels in, in the schools. So, what we do is that we, we work with some. Uh, students who are uh, open to work with uh, an organization like power so we organize uh, within and outside of the school and also what we do is uh, we, uh, we do 
um, street evangelism, you know, <laughs> like the Christian does. <laughs> you have to borrow from some of the tactics. So uh, we do that as well. And uh, it has really worked so well. And yeah, yeah, what actually for um, the article was just that, you know, majority of the elites that we have in this country right now are, are, are a product of neo-colonial education. And they try to um, mediate development, you know, in terms of, you know, skyscrapers, buildings and things like that. But they don't really understand that development has to take place within the people itself, you know, the social structure itself. So, you know, the elites are able to, 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 to continue the colonial um, process in Africa. And they, they, they try as much as possible to design the system to, to favor their own class, to favor their own class, you know? And like you said, if you go today in Africa, if you go today in Africa and almost everywhere in Africa, you know, they look up to the West. Mostly majority of our financial policies, you know, are being shaped by AIMF and World Bank. And when you bring policies like that into, Africa, you know, it's a policy against the people. Like now, you know, in cases that we have now in Nigeria, that for every loan, you know, our government take from the IMF or the World Bank, you know, there is always a mutual agreement, which means that you must, you know, um, you must increase prices of goods in the country. You must cut the subsidy, you know, think draconian um, policies like that, which are anti-people. So Lagos is one way or the other is only designed, you know, to favor the elites. And like we said, you know, the way you know, banks, corporates, oligarchs, you know, have power in the Western world, that's how they are actually running in Africa. So the whole process is just against the people, you know, and like we said, you know, we have a, a, an housing deficit, an housing deficit in Lagos, whereby people are homeless, people don't even house which you know is to create an artificial island. You know, to some few, to some few, the island is costing almost like six billion dollars. Six billion dollars only, you know, can solve the whole problem of housing in Lagos State. So, you know, the only policies these people make is the policies that favor the ruling class, you know, and their and their friends and their cacos and their contemporaries within um, 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 the global space itself. So if you guys are actually making policies, you are actually making um, um, business deals that are that, that sweet of the people, people. That means you guys are anti-people. No, I hope one day as time goes by, you come to Lagos and you see the, the, the contradictions there. You know, we don't have our roads are bad. You know, we have too many men in uniform. You know, even the strict structure has become a means. I become an economic means for these people because we have all sorts of agencies extracting money from the people. We pay this, we pay that. We have up to like up to like four or different agencies on this is on the road, controlling the road traffic, and they are very exploitative. So the way the structure is is not different from what the colonialism colonialist masters have set down in their days. What we just actually have right now is is the continuation of what you know the colonialists have done in Africa. So people need to understand that, you know, we need a total restructuring of the social system in Africa. That's why we clamor for change. We don't clamor for reformism. We clamor for system change because reformism won't change anything. It just, you know, parambulates and talk about policies, but it won't actually, you know, dealt with the problem of the masses. No, thank you so much for that. that I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I'm curious too, you've, you've written a lot about the dollar as well and the problem of the dollar, uh, dollar hegemony and kind of American imperialism. So yeah. can you kind of give us more insight into, you know, what neocolonialism looks like today? Because I think a lot of people know neocolonialism well from the writings of Kwame Nkrumah and they understand it as it applied in kind of the post-colonial 60s, 70s situation, but you know, what does it look like just on a daily basis today uh, in Nigeria, for example? Yeah, um, uh, you know, but we to talk about the dollarization of this, let me say the African economy in general, you know, on the context of Nigeria, you know, we have to go back to historical occurrences because we have to realize that, you know, the African market itself were never a capitalistic market. 
was never you know a fiat economy whereby you know there's 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 a trade between fiat currency though in africa you know what we actually do back in those days was trade by butter if you have gold you can actually trade with someone that have salt and things like that so you know, when the um, um the europeans came they saw the kind of system that we're actually running and they realized that you know in this kind of um, economic system you know people are not actually making money from it in 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 in, in the capitalist sense so what they did was just that you know when when they came to africa and set you know the colonialist government in africa the number one thing they did was to cut you know the 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 social relationship of how we trade you know and they brought a new a new um um a new premium of exchange whereby gold was used was used as currencies gold copper and things like that so over time, you know, gold and copper were being strapped off. After it was being strapped off, then in Nigeria, for instance, you know, um, pounds was brought in. You know, for every economic activities or any economic trade was 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 in what's it called was in pounds. So in that way, they were able to able to um encapsulate African trade into the European system, into the capitalist system. So you know, for every trade you do, you have to trade in pounds. So they started creating banks and things like that. And at that time, when the European came, you know, we have a little bit of feudalism, whereby you know the rich elites, um, who are the aristocrats, you know, they use you know um, exploited labor to get out wealth. You know, like we know, you know, feudalism is all about the serfs and the feudal lords. So the rich feudal lords were the one who were actually trading with the British. We are actually trading with them using the pounds and, and over time. So as time goes by, you know, the system, you know, the, the economic system expand. So coming towards to the dollar, I realized that after the first world war and second world war, the Western Europe, you know, failed drastically. Failed drastically. And that gave America that opportunity to come in play, to become a world power. So when they came to run the world power, they re-strategized the whole economy. To their own benefit, because even even when um, Europe was shattered after the first world war and second world war, realized that you know the corporate oligarchs, especially the banks, were the one that developed you know European economy backed you know doing inter interpenetration of capital, you know sending money to Europe, Germany and things like that. So over time, you know they created the World Bank and the IMF. You know as times goes by, the economic the economic structure was to favor was to favor America. So in that context, even European Union, um, the ECC recognized, you know, the effect of America controlling the European economy. So what they did was just to put ECC to fight back American hegemony in Africa, in Europe. So over time, it expanded. So America has already given enormous money, enormous world controlling the world economy. So they created the dollar. So the ex colony, the ex colony. Of, of the British, of the French was being controlled by America. And, 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 and the establishment of IMF, which was totally controlled by the Americans, gave the pathway to them, you know, dollarizing our own economy. Because we realized that, you know, when Gaddafi was still alive, that Gaddafi was trying to change the system around, you know, was trying to use the gold as trade, which, um, Russia is about to do right now with their with their, with their currency. So you know the, the the reason why dollar is so strong because in the in the south in the global south in general, majority of the country trade in gold, sell sell um, sell in dollar rather. So and and this undermined the economy of the third world, and it became um 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 a uh, a, um, a win a win thing. For the American for the American economy, so the dollarization of the world it's it's today it's 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 it has affected our own economy, and 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 like you said you know mostly um in the global south especially in Africa you know in the global capitalist system what they actually need from us is to be a primary producer of raw materials we can't go beyond that they don't want us to create our own industries they don't want us to create our own finished goods. Because why the effect of dollar is controlled of an economy, and once people don't really understand that, you know the kind of ruling class that we have in in, in Africa generally are bankrupt of ideas, 
know, and they are not willing to industrialize. So they, they feel like, you know, they find their own interest within the global capital system because they've used the structure of the state to negotiate their own interest, to sell raw materials and they get their own pie from the old structure. So they've annihilated the people in the capital, in the global capitalist market. So what we actually want to do is how African can become independent, how African can, can control its own economy. That's where you know the ideology of Pan-African comes into play. How can we cut ourselves up from the Western hegemony, controlling our own economy? How can we create a formidable economic force to develop Africa? Because we realize that, we realize that the con I, I like to tell people like let's try to contextualize the issue of Africa as a class thing. As a class thing, Let, let's take Europe as as the bourgeoisie state and Africa as a proletariat, which we only give our labor because we don't have industries. And if the liberals, the proletariat does not come into play to form a union to fight back against the bourgeoisie, we continue to be exploited. So, you know, contextualizing situation and this issue in Africa is that for all African countries, what we can actually do to win against the Western power is to form a formidable force to come together as a union on the umbrella of Pan-Africanism, whereby we can actually control our economic space, our political space without any interference of the West or whatsoever power. So let me let me leave that and let me see Commander Adinka to come in, please. You know, colonialism uh, today, you know, it is, uh, you know, is, it, it takes different forms. And, uh, you know, our people can easily be swayed thinking they're all being control. Uh, the Europeans have left this place. It's now in our hands to do right by our people and all of that. But <laughs> it goes beyond that because, uh, like I, mean, I was saying earlier about the IMF, you know, we have someone who's a, a Nigerian who is a leading figure in IMF. And what they do is that they help the stand as a, an intermediate, you know, to help our people take more loans, you know, Viper loans from these uh, so-called international monetary funds to, you know, influence our economy, telling, you know, for example, you know, all of the monies, uh, the president of our country is going out there to collect. You know, there are, there are, there are, um, oh, how am I going to face it now? There are, uh, you know, the, lo the loans requirements, some of it are that, you know, there's, there, there's going to be an increase in the price of things. There's hyperinflation already because, you know, we, we keep chasing the dollar. There is no thought about you know building a industry that is going to help help us be help us uh, be independent. For example, we don't have any working refineries in Nigeria. Nigeria is uh, the, the the only uh, country OPEC country with no working refinery, and that means that we are going to take our crude oil to the foreign countries. For refined to be refined, and we're going to spend a lot of dollars refining our own products. And you know, it's funny. And our people, uh, we we need to get our people familiar with this kind of uh, shenanigans, you know, perpetrated by our leaders to know that these wastages, this uh, lack of leadership, is uh, is it, it keeps us retrogressing. And until we address these issues of sole dependency on the international market to survive, there is no way we are going to move forward. And you know, on the last note, to talk about neocolonialism, we have US military bases all over Africa, you know, playing the role of that's uh African, playing the role of a watchdog you know, for the uh, international capitalist, uh, 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 what's it called, establishment. Serving as a watchdog, influencing, uh, illegally sponsoring coups 
and removing democratically elected presidents all over Africa. This is their job. And to also lord over our resources so that when some of our people are protesting against the uh, oppression, they go through under the systems of uh, uh, these systems influenced by Western imperialism, they can come um, as a, um, they, they can come in defense of the puppet leaders all over Africa. So we also have to point out the fact that African in Africa is to help continue um, uh, the plunder of Africa and to install puppets all over African governments, all over governments in Africa. Yeah, yeah thank you. That that was a great explanation um, of the problems of neocolonialism. And I, I wonder if you can talk a little bit more with that about the the comprador class to the kind of neo-colonial bourgeoisie uh, that exists in states across Africa, in particular, you know, for the example of Nigeria, you know, we were talking a little bit before about the elites and about the ruling class, but just what role do they play in kind of perpetuating neo-colonial, you know, American and Western control over um, a country like Nigeria, for example? Um, should I come in or come in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you take that. Yeah, take that. Um, um, you know, it's it's it is it's it is 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 it for let me say the white people to come to come to work in Africa, and for the colonialist government, it costs them more, costs them more to bring in um, um, clerks, soldiers to come and work in Africa, and those people are, you know are scared of diseases, you know, diseases and stuff like that, you know. So you know what the colonialists did was just that they they they, they look within the. Um, um, the social structure in Africa, and they realize that you know some part of people are interests aligned with them, which were the feudal class, the kings, the emirs, you know, the people like that. And they realize that what we can actually do that since we recognize these people as our own class, these people you know have their own interests of you know accumulating wealth. Then what we can actually do is to give their kids, you know, colonial education. You know, so the kids of you know of the of the so-called aristocrats then were taken to different places in Europe, Belgium, England, you know, France like that, and they had the colonial education. So when they came back to Africa, they were not seeing themselves as Africans anymore. They see themselves, you know, as as, as people different from the natives. You know, they, they started seeing themselves aligned with you know the Western culture and things like that. So they did everything necessary. You know, to protect their own interests in the detriment of their own people. Because if you realize that, you know, when Africa was running an agrarian economy, majority of the people that exploited us mostly were the sons, you know, of the kings, you know, and the obas, you know, in 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 in, um, in Africa, you know. So, you know, these people were the were the intermediaries, were the people working on on behalf. You know of the of the colonial government and during that colonial um um during um during the era where the natives were fighting against colonialism you know there were some leftist organizations strong unions they were fighting against the colonial structure with with strike you know sabotaging the the trains that goes to the seaport and things like that so people that were demanding for you know for for an independence for the collapse of capital uh, the capitalist, the colonialist structure, the British never gave them the independence. They saw the people they were, they, 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 they made to work within the colonial structure, which were the lawyers, the clerks, the doctors, and you know, the people that have class differences from the masses, from the proletarians, you know, you know, from 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 the peasantry. So these people were the one, the British, or let me say the French, put the affairs of the country. You know, in their hands, and when you know um, the independence struggle came into existence, realized that World Bank actually played tremendous role. You know, formulating policies that will run the structure 
of the so-called independent state in Africa. So when you create policies like that, when you create a colonial education like that, you don't expect you know, the comprados to see their class aligned with the people. So they have become you know, this, the, the people that are sabotaging the progress of the African people, the independence of the African people, because they care mostly about their own class, mm -hmm. about their own you know, you know, primitive accumulation. They will never care about the development of the people. You know, they never care about, you know, having social services, building infrastructures, building industries, building hospitals and that, because all they care about was the, to, to buy the latest Rolls Royce, to buy the latest, you know, capitalist, you know, things that can actually, uh, all I say, see themselves aligned with the British. Because one way or the other, we also understand that during the colonial structure, or the colonial, uh, during the colonial system, this so-called bourgeoisie, we have been um um we have been um how do i say treated badly you know with the structure because majority of them realized that even racism was used against them because for instance for a, a white man for instance can receive maybe in a month maybe 20 pounds for his services and when a black man take the same position he would be paid less maybe like five five pounds or, or six pounds so this also came to to how this so-called bourgeoisie class you know, formulate with the masses to fight against colonialism, but they were not fighting on the context of what the masses were fighting for. The, the masses were fighting for a better um, working conditions, you know, a, a workable system. But the, um, the so-called um, bourgeoisie class were fighting to take, you know, this, the structure of the colonialist system, you know, to change the face from white to black, but they don't care about the exploitative system. They don't care about you know the, the how, how how laborers were being exploited you know how um, the police becomes um, uh, a force you know you know um, um, exploiting the people you know you know torturing the people you know killing people they were fighting for revolutionary struggle as at that time against colonial structure so you know this this so-called bourgeoisies you know they they have their own kids too and they started they started giving birth. And when they give birth, you know, majority of, of their kids to, you know, go to London, go to France to get the so-called education. So, you know, so after getting the so-called education, they were being marveled by the capital system, how, the, how, it, how it protects their own interests. So it's a continuous, you know, thing. It's a, it, it, it's, a, it's a psychological thing, you know, what neocolonialism has brought to us. It has, it has created class, it has deepened class, and it keeps creating the so-called Bourgeoisies, the so-called comprados, you know, um, putting the detriment of the African people, you know, in all the so-called imperialist and capitalist structure. So that's how we, it's it's one of their duties as an accreditation that the so-called education that keep creating, you know, this, the, the kind of comprados that we have in this country, we must collapse it. That's why we, as an organization, is fighting for a total change of the system, there are a total change of our education, decolonizing the educational system that keep creating people that believe in capitalism, that keep creating people that believe in wealth rather than the development of the people. You know, you understand You understand what I'm trying to say there. So, you know, for we, uh, you know, as, as a revolutionary organization, our own goal, our own goal, you know, is to clear up the capitalist class from the political decision-making, the economic decision-making, because we realize that, you know, even in Africa today, we have black people running our banks, our banks, and they are very exploitative. You know, we see how JP Morgan's is very exploitative in, in US, likewise, we have our own banks say in Africa too as well. So, you know, the, 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 the point is just that people see, people see, um, um, how do I say it, um, African achievement uh, as, as a symbolic thing. It will be as if you know if I be, if I own a bank today, you know it. It, it, it was it was never a development in like like it was in America. You know when Obama became the president of the United States. You know it was a, it was a symbolic um, thing, but it was never you know um, um, a, a win thing for the for the for the for the black people in America because even though when Obama was still the president of America. You know, there were a lot of racial killings, particularly incarceration of black people. So what we want is not is not faces, it's not people taking position of power that the colonialists have, have, have laid down. What we're actually fighting for is to turn over the system, is to build 
you know, a socialist system that works for the people, to build a social system, you know, that develops the people's capacity, you know. So that's we, all we are after because we realize that, you know, for Africa to move forward is not creating billionaires. It's not creating, you know, people that will go to that have access to, to White House or they have access to um, the government house in, in London, you know, things like that. What we are actually fighting for is a systemic change, the systemic change of the Black people. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was an incredible discussion of, of the question. And Comrade Adeyeke, I wonder, do you want to add anything else to that? Um, yeah, I'll just add a few things because I think uh, everybody has spoken at length about the confederates in Africa. Uh, I think uh, majorly their role is just to keep uh, you know, Africa a kind of a, you know, uh, exploitative uh, continent for the big uh, imperialist uh, powers in all over Europe and America. You know? and, um, uh, well, how they, they were able to achieve that is through uh, propaganda, you know, uh, and through the education system as well. You know, they have uh, all kinds of uh, agents with a lot of different institutions of Africa, you know, to keep uh, people weak on uh, capitalism and uh, neoliberalism as a solution for African problems. You know? And, uh, you know, take for instance, uh, what is going on other African countries right now, like uh, Senegal, Mali, for example, you know, what uh, France is doing in that country, you know, they refuse to let go, you know, they want to continue to control and keep uh, people uh, subjugated. They have no control over resources and it's a continual battle, you know, even to today, uh, colonialism has refused to uh, play behind the scene. You know, they're out there in the hope of you know, getting away with uh, international uh, war crimes. And there's nobody you know, talking about Africa, uh, what Africa is going through under these um, uh, colonialists who has refused to go. And we have confederates here who are making sure that they are in the military, they are in the corporate uh, businesses or whatever they call it, they are in the schools, you know, giving false narratives to our people to keep them uh, away from resisting um, the white masters. So that role basically is just to you know, keep our people uh, with good wing on capitalist uh, you know, fantasies. And, you know, I think that's just basically it's propaganda, keep our people away, you know, believe in the uh, white system, believe in the established uh, white uh, institutions and that takes our people away from uh, the real um, agenda behind all of these things because um, every day, every day, billions of dollars are being spent to keep uh, people subjugated, and that is why uh, in MAE, like Commander Bayer said, we're trying our best, our possible best to work in the universities because we believe that if we can, uh, because the vast majority of our people today are young. If you look at the population uh, percentage of the old compared to the young, you discover that um, young are very uh, numbers and hope. So we believe strongly that you know working in the universities, you know, to counter the narratives of these competitors, you know, will help us to you know get to a destination for total liberation. Yeah. Excellent, and I think you know a very important thing that your organization, the MAE, pointed out on that subject is the creation of a new African citizen, as you talked about it on your on your website and kind of in your your program. So can you describe more about about what this means, like how this relates to consciousness in creating the new African citizen? And also, you know, you're you're talking about students and young people and, you know, trying to have uh, young Africans who may not have that sense of citizenship on the continent itself how does how do you relate this message to young people especially because that's that's what we're we're also students and we're also very interested in getting students kind of involved and learning more about this process so yeah you know how do you how do you teach people about this concept of the new african citizen 
Um, um, um you know, okay. No, let's come at the Inca's comments. And... Okay, okay, I'll go first. Uh, well, you know, it's not going to be an easy thing you know, to get new African citizens, okay? Because, uh, you know, if you look at our history, it's been, it's been centuries of brainwashing and uh, passed down uh, mentality from generations to generations. And we realize that the job is, is a tedious one. And we believe that, you know, we have to, the creative, the new African citizen, we have to, you know, give, introduce these messages and beats because, you know, as you cannot go high, it's, it's more like, you know, like a um, process of, uh, of growth, you know, first of all, you crawl, you know, when you walk, you know, before you start learning you know, and all of that. So we believe strongly that uh, our people are capable of take uh of, of, of accepting this information the truth about who we are because of like michael x said if you know the truth about who you are just paraphrasing you know you will have take pride in your history i think our people have been given a lot of false information and they don't have uh, they don't take pride in the history and that is why everyone wants to, they want to be like the oppressor so i think we believe strongly that including the african citizen we have to be you know, patient. We have to give out the truth. You know, to our people in bits, and because uh, the uh, centuries-long propaganda uh, oppression is not going to go away in a few uh, days or a few years. We believe it's a long-term thing, and like we begin the process now. We are uh, a little over two years old, and uh, we are doing our best to make sure that we are able to. Uh, um, you know, reach as many people as possible because, uh, uh, like Krame Inkuma said, you know, uh, the only way that the, the guarantor to combat uh, oppression is to build a strong opinion against it. That is to give political education to our people about the truth. You know, of their, their, of their, of their history, not history of. Uh, a black person are inferior, <laughs> an inferior race. That is a very wrong thing to say or to hold on to. And that is why people feel like we didn't contribute anything to history. So they feel you know, inferior and they don't feel they can do anything. But once they know that they are ancestors, they did a lot of things, they accomplished a lot of things, they will feel take pride in their history and their ancestors and build on that uh, achievement, and you know, and uh, from there we will be able to achieve a, a, an Africa of a of a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um. In in addition to what Comrade Adinka has said, you know, um, majority of African people have not able to see African history, you know, before colonialism in Africa. You know, and like we said, the kind of education we have in Nigeria. You know, it's not actually focusing on the prehistory, you know, the prehistory of the African people, because we realize that, you know, the globalization we practice today have been in existence in Africa for centuries. You know, we realize that, the, you know, North Africa, East Africa were places whereby, you know, the Asians, you know, Indians and you know, Chinese people comes to trade and everybody has a win-win thing. You know, we practice a social system. You know, whereby it 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 depicts the level the, the level of civilization we have in Africa. You know, you know, like you said, you know, the pyramid in in in, in um Egypt has showed the, the high level of the agricultural thing Africa you know was was doing before the invention of the Europeans. You know, we also see you know um um universities. The first university was founded in Africa. You know, there were a lot of things you know that 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 shows the level of civilization in Africa, you know, the beginning of science, you know, things like that, you know, how our people were able to refine, you know, iron ore into iron, you know, those are things that people need to see, like Af Africa itself was an industrialized society before the European came. So, you know, the invasion, you know, itself, you know, have, has affected the whole social structure. People are not actually seeing you know, history before colonialism. And like we said, you know, we are actually facing a big problem whereby 
you know, to, to, to preach the truth to the people, you know, to show them history to the people that Africa was great. You know, it's a real difficult thing because we are actually facing people that have been colonized, people that have actually seen whiteness, you know, as, as, as superiority because they go to churches, they see white faces of Jesus, you know, they go to mosques, they see so-called white, white faces of um, Arabians, um, prophet and, you know, people like that so when you actually try to you know go against what they believed in you know due to cognitive dissonance you know it is hard for them to accept you know the new the new um information they are not being used to so isn't for us it's a challenge and we are not going to give up because we need to understand that it's a mental thing it's a psychological thing and we have to win it we have to win win them over and how we can actually win them over is to show them you know you know a different system whereby power lies within the people you know like what like like what the black panthers did we we're able to form you know, a community base you know to understand that we the people can actually take care of ourselves without the base structure you know of the states you know the state is a structure exploiting people this is a structure that has created the police to protect its own interest what are the people actually going to do? Are we going to have a people's militia? Are we going to have a people economic system? So those are the things we have to take to the people to let them see a better way forward, a better hope, because we realize that those that have, that have exploited our people, give them you know, what to believe in. You know, for our people to take Christianity, they make them believe that there's, you know, there's something big in afterlife, somewhere called heaven, somewhere where you can actually enjoy it and things like that. But we actually want them to know that you know the development of you people is in your own hands. You know we need to organize. We need to we, we need to fight against you know Western imperialism. You know you know um, colonialism, neo-colonialism in Africa. So those are things we as an organization are trying to do. Organize within the people. Let people understand the power of what they can do, of what of the change they can do. Because we, we realize that, you know, in Africa then, you know, people are not are not careerists like we have today. We have bankers, we have all you can actually become a flower in the morning. It's night, you can become a drummer because you are not entitled to a system that have exploited, you know, your 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 capacity you know, to do multiple things with 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 joy you know you're doing things with joy you know so those are the kind of things we want our people to experience to what our people to see and like we said you know we are not going to 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 basically focus on how our people have lived in the past what we want to do in this generation to see how we can be able to mediate you know, the way our people lived then and able to develop it because we realize that we can't go back you know to the communal system we can't go back to the Hungarian system whereby people just you know go to farms and just you know take goods and eat we have to see how we can be able to develop that how we can well thank you both for for these incredible answers i really appreciate it um i might i just have one last question that i'm curious about and then i do unfortunately have to go but i'm curious about kind of how you both came to learn more about these theories and like what books you read, you know, how you got into it. Um, and then, you know, how does this help when you're when you're just talking to to other people, to friends and, and other young people about these theories? How do you like help relate it to their everyday life and their everyday conditions and make it applicable, take it out of the book and make it and show people how it relates to their real life? So yeah, I'm curious about how you learned more um, about these ideas and what theory you were interested in um, and kind of how you help it relate to, you know, people, just average people living and, um, and experiencing their situation in, in a neo-colonial country and helping take these kind of abstract ideas and making them make more sense in, in practicality. Um, um, for me, I, I, I used to use my own practical experience to justify how I become a comrade. Because I realized that, you know, the, the, the health sector actually opened my mind to a lot of things. Because, you know, you know, if you if you know me a couple of years back, maybe 10 years ago, you know, I didn't even understand things about how the system has able, you know, to, to deepen these people's problems. You know, when I went to the hospital and I saw how the public health care system was being run, you know, no equipment, you know, 
doctors are taking extra bribes, you know, to treat patients. So that thing's put a lot of things on my mind. You know, I started, like, I wanted to look for solutions. I wanted to make things right. You know, towards that process, you know, I was privileged, you know, to go to, 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 to places whereby people talk about political um, solutions. So, you know, I was privileged enough, you know, to meet a Marxist, you know, people that were ideological. So I was introduced to the book. You know, the first book that I actually read, you know, that changed my mind was How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. So, you know, that became, you know, like my Bible, you know, like, like my Bible, you know, I was like exposed to how, you know, the capitalist system has created this whole thing. You know, back then I used to say all these things as a divine thing, like, you know, since sins were actually put on people, people were actually meant to suffer because of the sins of Adam and Eve. You know, those are the things they teach us, you know, in the religious, you know, homes and whatever places we go to. But as time goes by, you know, this is what was my first privilege meeting things. I can actually see things. I can actually understand that, you know, the reason why the healthcare system is bad is because of neoliberal policies, you know, that has practically annihilate the people from social services. You know, I started understanding this and I started looking at the old, everything around me, how, you know, capitalism has able to make things, you know, hard for me to live as a people. So the quest, you know, to, to acquire knowledge, the quest to read more, and this is very hard, like, and like I tell you, you know, it's very hard for you to go to a bookshop to see, you know, Marx, Marx, book about Marxism, book about Frank Fanon, or, you know, what this is very hard. You know, you know, because of my delegation, um, my, 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 my delegation toward the cause of changing, you know, things in my society, I, I, you know, I, I work extra miles and move extra miles, you know, it become a passion for me. It's become like, you know, if I was being blindfolded 10 years ago, then if people can actually read what I read in the past, you know, it will open become an eye opener for them to last well. So what we're actually doing is that a lot of people are being blindfolded. How can we take, you know, of that psychological thing on them, you know, introduce them to theories and things like that. And like we said, you know, it's it, it's a it's a psychological war because even if you go to the big the biggest ideology in Africa today is, is religion. And you know, and you know, in those places, the kind of narrative that is sent out, they'll tell them that you know, you don't believe in theories, theories are a man-made thing, you can compare, you know, social, social scientific theories with the Bible and things like that. So when you go to the street to actually want to introduce theories to people, you know, it becomes like, you know, a fight against them. Why are you actually telling me things, you know, that against God? Because I'm not religious. I was so religious then, but now I'm not religious because I've been able to educate myself to understand, you know, how religion came, how mainstream religion came into Africa and how, you know, the, 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 the expansion of religion, you know, lead to the killing of my own ancestors. You know, people don't really understand all those, you know, historical occurrences, how it happened in Africa, if, even in Europe, how RSC, you know, between the, the, the Protestants and the, and the Catholics, how they fought among themselves, you know, the expansion of religion, you know, how, how you know, the Pope power, you know, was overriding that of, um, what's it called, um, King John, King John of, of England. So those are the historical facts we want to put up to people, we want to put out to people. And it's a, it's a psychological war, like I said. So for we as comrades, like the number one thing we care about is the education, is the education. And what we can actually do is just that we can't fight for the people because we are not messiahs. What we can do is to because what I can actually do is very minute. So what you know, you know multiple of people can actually do. So those are actually what I think we go into the neighborhood, maybe people we'll understand, you know, their social, um, the social thing affecting their lives. This is how it's, it, you know, it's been, it's, it's, it's relates to what we are actually saying, you know, for instance, now, you know, you know, electricity in Africa has been privatized. So we get high tariffs, you know, inflations. So we can actually give people, you know, you know, explanation that the reason why tariffs is so high, people are actually trying to make money from digital social services. So those are the kind of things we go out to the people who tell them things that are immediate, you know, to their daily lives. So that's how we can actually win people over, you know, to the struggle, give them examples of things that they see on a daily basis, how the transportation system, you know, affects their daily life, where someone at the top is making money, you know, things like that. So for we is about education, education, education. Thanks so much, and yeah, go ahead, comrade Adinka. 
Um, yeah, um, for me, <laughs> I think uh, the defining moment was when uh, I had to remember that there was someone that you know was actually told not to listen to announcer, the late fella Nicola Kukuti. Yeah, you know, as a young uh, African growing up in an African home, I, I, you know, I used to see videos of fella on TV, singing black and white TV <laughs> with his um, face, face makeup on. And, you know, it's so scary to us because, you know, uh, the movies we watch here, they, uh, you know, they portray African uh, spirituality, African tradition as evil. You know, when you see someone with a face paint, in those they have to be scared of such people, you know. So you know, fella has this face paint there, which is very popular now. And when we see that, we get scared, like, oh, look at this man. You know, they've already told us a lot of uh, false uh, things about fella. So for me, fella was the was the um, was the uh, person who set me on the spot to consciousness because you know, fella's song. Yeah, you know, it sounds as a reflection of what is happening in society, how being you know, treated, why uh, people cannot even afford, uh, you know, to eat three square meals and all of that, you know. So Fela was, Fela was the, was a person to set me in this part, you know. And, you know, with that, I began to question my own religiosity. Um, with that, you know, I... You know, it's, it's a gradual thing, and that is why we believe that uh, what we are doing in MAE is a project. You know, like uh, it's not going to take a few years because this uh, battle is not is <laughs> not easy. Because for me, I know that it wasn't easy living religion because you know living religion it's kind of traumatic for me. You know, I have to learn all of the things you are told to be true. You know, so going into the new. Uh, Part for the uh, liberation is kind of um, you know, it's, it's lonely, it's <laughs> all of those things, and you have to, you know, um, you have to just take it one step at a time. So, and also, you know, you were asking about how we interpret these two people in our, you know, to give examples of their daily, uh, daily life and all that. You know, it's like, you know, we just ask them to look at, you know, to look around them. You know, if you force it today. If you force it today, are you able to, uh, you know, get the, uh, a good health care for yourself? No. So why are you not organizing yourself to demand for free health care? Because the resources of the country, there's no way you're benefiting. There's no way you're benefiting from it. So you need to start asking for your share of it. And asking for share of it is true. You know, calling for basic and uh, uh, universal healthcare for for the people electricity why is it privatized you know people need to understand that if these companies are in hand of private individuals it means this is more money for the private individual and it's going to affect your gdp and that means that there will not be enough money for the government to cater to your needs and you need to fight for this to be nationalized to be taken care of by the people you know there's this narrative here that oh the government cannot take care of uh, uh, private uh, this uh, institutions because uh, they are corrupted, but it is people that occupy the government, and it's also people that occupy the private companies. So, if there is going to be accountability, we must work towards building the um, uh, the, the public opinion to be strong enough to um, to, to tackle all of these uh, corruption in government, because it is better to stay. With the government down to put it in the hands of private individuals. You know, they told us that private individuals will solve our electricity problems. But as we know, about 16 years and nothing has happened. We're still in those bad conditions. So these are the examples we give to people who can look at by themselves in order to charge them to, you know, to, uh, to you know, look how they believe they hold presently and charge them to do. Well, thank you both so much. I, I really appreciated talking to you and learning more. And I would love to, you know, do a follow up at some point and speak to you more. Um, but yeah, thank you. I, I learned a lot, and I think 
your strategy is very is very important. Um, so yeah, thank you both so much, and and take care. I'll I'll be in touch over email as well. All right, thank you yeah, very much for having us. Thank you. All right, see you. Soon. See you. Yeah, before 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 we go, please, uh, we are open for huh? alliance. We are open for alliance to work with people who actually bought into our initiative. We are open to alliance to work with any organizations you know that is ready for the development of Africa to change the system. You know, like I said, so like we said, we are we we're still developing. We are as a new organization, mm -hmm. so we are alliance and things like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. To add to that, um, uh, if you need information about our social media handles, mm -hmm. we can provide that for you. So for sure, need I just yeah, just let us know in the email. For sure. Well, thank you both so much. Right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.